In today's show, we recap all of the action from Sunday across the NBA, some injuries that are important, some breakout performances, and the Jazz, your Jazz, they're 3-0. and Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with a promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com promo code Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Seven games on Sunday. Some interesting performances, some interesting results. We're going to break all of that down. Bit of a news update as well. I've already done my show, What to Watch For, for Monday. So you can see some injury designations in that and streaming guide options there too. There's also been a waiver wire show earlier today. So we're not going to do most added and most dropped in today's show because I did one of those shows literally about four hours ago. So you can go and check in on that one there as well. We're going to talk about the seven games, the big performances, what we need to know that came out of Sunday's action. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Updating some of the injury stuff from the What to Watch For show. The Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate and Bruno Fernando are both out. So, Ujman Garuba becomes, I think it's Ujman or is it Usman? I think it's Ujman. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But actually, you know what? It does matter. I will endeavor to get that right. Garuba becomes a stream option. Um, of course, we're still going to be annoyed with what happens to Shingun. And then with Tate out, that keeps Tari preseason in the rotation, but Eric Gordon will return. KJ Martin will be there. So Tari will probably just sit at those 18, 19 minutes or so, making it really, really hard to roster him. Like, it's a longer-term stash, but we know how this might go. Like, this was January, February maybe, before anything really starts to tick over, if at all. And I don't know whether you can deal with that. We also talked about Victor Oladipo being in or out, how that impacts Max Struess while Oladipo is out. And now they also have Caleb Martin out, who is suspended. And little Chungus Nikola Jovic is also suspended. So Martin may have been replaced by Jovic. They're both out. I reckon that means they start Struess or they start Duncan Robinson. But there's minutes increase for both of those guys. Haywood Highsmith probably gets some more minutes too. Omar Yurtseven, who would have been another option to start, he is also out. So the Heat are going to be without Oladipo, Martin, and Jovic. So you're going to get a lot more Struess, a lot more Robinson, um, and probably some more Highsmith. And maybe old mate Jamal Kane finally gets into the rotation. We'll see. But that's why Jamal Kane is there, to help provide that forward depth when two of your forwards are in. Victor Oladipo is probably a forward at this point as well. They're all out. Al Horford, his back-to-back spasms are all cleared up amazingly, so he'll be ready to go for the Celtics for their game as well. We weren't certain of that. We were pretty certain, but we weren't. We didn't have official word from the Celtics, but we do now, and he is going to be ready to go um, for the game on Monday to start off uh, week two. So that's all of that news. And as I said, we're not going to start with the waiver wire ads and drops because we did that already in the waiver wire show earlier on today. We're going to get straight 
into talking um, box scores and talking performances and the games that did go down on Sunday. First one of those games we're going to take a look at is the Portland Trailblazers winning it against the Los Angeles Lakers on a Jeremy Grant game winner. They win at 106-104. Lillard, Damon Lillard's ADP was in the second round of drafts. 41-5, six triples, two assists, one block, 60% shooting. It's still not even great from the line, 71%. We hope he can be better, but it's ridiculous that he was able to slide as far as he was um, in drafts. Look, the, the numbers he's putting up are great. We always, I think I had him at like eight or something like that. I don't know, somewhere around that mark. Um, he's just doing basically what we saw him do for years before that injury derailed his season last last year. Josh the Hitman Hart, I didn't expect 36 minutes a night. I thought him and Nasir Little might split him. Well, Little's on the way out of the rotation, it feels like. Hart only had nine points, but 16 rebounds. This guy's an, a maniac rebounder. Five assists, two steals, 60% shooting on 10 usage, which is useless. But those other numbers are great. Josh Hart's a must-roster player. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, what I'm most encouraged about with Nurk here... No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Um, is that it's two games in a row of 30 minutes. Only six points, but 13 boards, four assists and a block. After a really disappointing first night, he's been great. And that's really encouraging. Hopefully it sticks. Jeremy Grant had a one of those lines that I fear with Jeremy Grant. Where he had 16 points, which is good. But the peripherals were, were just non-existent. Two rebounds, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. He did that a lot in Detroit. And we hoped he'd be a little bit more defensive focused in Portland. He has been. But this was obviously not a great... Um, not a great performance. 26 fantasy points there for Grant. Justice Windsor, really good deep league guy. 7-5-3 and three with two steals and a block. He's got a really strong role there coming off the bench. While, is it panicky time on Anthony Simons? Maybe. 12 points, no threes, one rebound, two assists, 29%. Now, I look at that and go, okay, I know that the 29% will kick up. The 36 minutes are great. The 27 usage is all great. So while I'm not massively panicked, the reason why he was going at pick 100 or 110 was because we didn't think he'd be that good from a fantasy perspective this season. We knew that everything he did last season was because of the absence of Lillard and McCollum. He's never really thrived next to Lillard. And it's all playing out that way. So while I do think he is a hold, if you do drop him, remember, this is your 10th round pick or 11th round pick. It's not a high asset. It's not a guy who's got that upside unless multiple injuries happen, I don't believe. But I would still hold. The shooting will improve, but it's the lack of peripherals again. And the fact that he hasn't been, until this game, he hasn't been a clear-cut number two has kept some of that um, value down. So we pay attention to that, um, but we don't do anything panicky with him, I don't think. Uh, for the Lakers, yeah, look, they, look they're shocking. They're, they're, they're dreadful. They could have won this game. But Westbrook just needs to not play. I'm sorry. He just, he just doesn't help them. Price of the brick going up. Nah, fuck that. It's going right down. Sorry, language. Sometimes it slips out. 10-6-6 uh, and six with no threes, no steals, and a block. And of course, he shot 27% from the field and 67% from the line. Like, Russ, when you can't shoot and you legitimately are one of the worst shooters, if not the worst shooter in the entire NBA, stop doing it. Not only did he can't shoot, he can't finish either. There's no benefit for him being on the court. They need to send him home, bench him. I think when Schroeder comes, Schroeder's going to play 30 minutes a night. I think Westbrook's done. Would I drop him in a points league? Probably not. Would I consider it in a category league? What's he actually doing to help me? The six assists are nice. But as I said a million times in the preseason, his minutes downside is literally zero. So we could be here. Look, he, he probably still plays this week, but next week he, he might be not playing at all. So uh, in my, if I did have him, and I never drafted him anywhere, if I did have him, it would be hard to drop. But it's trending that way. 
Davis had 22 and 10 with two steals and six blocks. That's a massive game. Now, the obvious thing would be say, oh, sell high. But on, who's buying? Like, who is trusting Anthony Davis? Absolutely nobody. I think that you're stuck with him, and that might be a good thing because these are good numbers. While well, LeBron had 31, 8, and 8, and he had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. A little bit not great from the free throw line. He took 38 minutes. Part of the reason why we were a bit down on LeBron, not as down as Yahoo having him at 22, but we're a bit down. We go, I don't think he's going to play 37 minutes a night. I don't think he's going to be getting that many shot blocks as he got last season, which was basically um, you know, double his career numbers. But the minutes are up because this team is dreadful. Like they are horrendously bad. In terms of Lonnie Walker, this is good. Like it's good. 15, 4, and 1, a triple 1, 54% shooting. It's obviously not as good as game 2. It's not as bad as game 1. It's somewhere in the middle. That's solid enough, especially for a points league 12-team, no worries. I still don't think that he's an absolute guarantee must-roster 12-team league guy, but they've got nobody. And he's being average, and with nobody else behind him and being an average contributor, he's going to get opportunities. Beverly, 7, 4, and 5. Like, you know, you don't get him for scoring. Forget that, right? It's the other numbers. The 5 assists, the steal. It's okay. Like, I still think he's a category league hole. Probably not as much points league. He had 21 there. While um, Kendrick Nunn. Oh, yeah. Let's, it's time to fire up Jack right here. Get that garbage out of here! Told you he's no good. Zero points in 10 minutes with one assist on 0 of 3 shooting. He's out. He's out of the rotation, I reckon. When Schro- well, it's either him or Westbrook when Schroeder arrives. He's a guy that needs the ball in his hands quite a bit to have any semblance of value and the shots aren't falling. So see you later. He's absolutely not worth holding in 12-team leagues, probably not even 14-team leagues. Also, for a team that can't shoot, they took their best shooter, Matt Ryan, out of the rotation and replaced him with a notorious horrendous shooter, Troy Brown Jr. Darwin, that's not necessary. You don't need to do that. You don't need to put in terrible shooters when your team is already full of them. Prize picks isn't full of it. They're full of brilliance, in fact. You know, when you're wanting to play daily fantasy, but sometimes you don't want to do this salary cap format or go up against other people who have spent all day trying to get their lineups right. You just want to go up against the numbers. And that's what PriceFix lets you do. They do all these projections on your points or rebounds or assists or steals. And you go in there and you go, okay, over-under. That's it. Simple. You know, Russell Westbrook, over-under four turnovers. I don't actually know where they offer turnovers, but hopefully they do. Over, Russell Westbrook, over-under five and a half assists. And you go, under, because I think he might get benched. Or you go, LeBron James, over-under 27 and a half points. Let's go over, because he's carrying this team. And you put up to two to five of those individual player projections together into one lineup, and you can win up to 10 times your entry. The entries are fast as well. It takes under 60 seconds, and you can get it done. And par- payouts are fast and safe as well as being super easy. It's available in over 30 states and in Canada. And it's not just basketball. You can do NFL, MLB, NHL, women's college basketball, men's college basketball, college football, golf, boxing, NASCAR, cricket, Eurobasket, so many different things that you can do on PricePix. So head to pricepix.com or use the app and download download that app and sign up. Play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, price picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, price picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's move across to game two. The Hornets smash the Hawks. Wow, wait. Big, big, big win. Don't know what's going on here. Um, 126 109, Charlotte wins it. How about uh, Big Dick Nick Richards? 20 and 11 in 20 minutes with two blocks. Now, there's a number of ways to look at this, and I'm going to present all ways to look at this. 2011 is a sexy line. Two blocks is great. 100% shooting isn't going to be able to stick. But the fact that he did all of this was a plus 25 
and old mate Dr. Evil decided we're still going to close with Mason Plumley and play Mason Plumley more minutes gives me a level of concern. I don't know how Nick Richards could have had a better game than this. I don't think it's possible, yet he still only played 20 minutes. I would love for, for Big, Dick Nick, Big Dick Nick to take over and be the starter, but if he plays this well and still gets 20 while Plumley chunks around for 26, I go, ooh, maybe not. But it's two big games that Richards has had to begin the year, and it's fine if you want to take a flyer on him. Dennis Smith absolutely is a must for us to play, but the problem is the Hornets don't play till Wednesday, and then it's a big volume day. Hopefully, you streamed him in for this. 18, 2, and 6, 3 steals and a block. Absolutely one of the best defensive stat accumulating guards in the entire NBA, and he did it again. Three steals and a block. As long as Rogier and Ball are out, he's a 12-team league guy, but the problem is, is he might not be that on Wednesday. Rogier might be back. And there's 11 games or 10 games on Wednesday, so he'd sit on your bench. Mm. Ubre had 24 and 10. Really solid game for him. He took probably too many shots. And with him and Smith getting all those shots, uh, Haywood was on the outside looking in. 12-3 and 5 for Gordo in 31 minutes. I wouldn't panic there. Yeah, Ubre's fine. He's going to be very, very up and down. We know what he's like. I don't, don't panic on PJ Washington Jr. He did have some foul trouble. That's why he played 22 minutes. He had 12 and 3 with two threes. It hasn't been a great start to the year, but please, I, I would not suggest dropping him. The librarian, James Booknight, had 10 points in 18 minutes with two threes. Like, that's fine, but yeah, cool. Absolutely not. Mason Plumley, 8, 8, and 6 in 26. Yeah, look, that's 16 team leagues. There is value in that. It's not much more, but while they're playing him, there is some value in it, amazingly. For the Hawks, um, Okay, so what we're seeing now is DeJounte Murray settle in. The minutes are astronomical. They're ridiculous. 39 of them here in a almost 20-point blowout. 19, 8, and 5 on a usage of 21, a steal and a block, 47, and 100% shooting. His usage is actually significantly down this season. We saw the assist drop off as well. This is sort of, it's basically the line that I thought he would get playing alongside Trey Young. So look at that and be happy with it. It's still it's great. It's still really good. But it's not the numbers that we saw in those first two games. This is more what I expect. Trey Young's usage is actually up. 28, 5, and 9. Now, he didn't shoot well, 36%. But he had a 36 usage. And I would expect that to be a relatively common distribution. Clint Capella, only 23 minutes. He did um, have some foul issues, but 14 and 10 are steal on a block. I know people are really, really wanting for his demise to come. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But he's getting dropped in some spots. I would be adding him if he was dropped. Well, Okongwu had 10 and 5, a steal, two blocks. I love Okongwu. I think he's really good. He played 23 minutes, and he should be on a roster. But I'm not sure he's going to be anointed starter at any point soon. The Baptist, we really love Johnny Collins' minutes, 38 of them. Now, 10 points on 12 shots is shithouse. But 10 boards, a steal, four blocks. His minutes are way up, and that's really encouraging. DeAndre Hunter, remember this bloke? He has the big game, right? He has the 22-point game. You go, okay, oh, wow. I'm not sure I really trust it. And then he just comes out and does DeAndre Hunter things. 10, 5, and 4. The four assists are interesting, but 36% shooting, steal, three. I don't believe he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. I think he's okay if you want to have him. But I've seen this story from him so many times. He's also shooting 59% from two in three games, and that's almost definitely going to come down. So yeah, I don't love him as an option. Justin Holiday looks really bad. Aaron Holiday looks pretty bad as well. But I'll tell you who looks good, AJ Griffin. Just keep an eye on him. You know, there is an opportunity for him to take minutes away from the holidays at some point. He had eight points with two steals in six minutes. I thought he was very impressive. And deeper leagues, dynasty leagues, want to pay attention before he... I think that he will be 
I think he, he's a guy that when we look back in a couple of years, we go, man, the Wizards took Johnny Davis over AJ Griffin. I, I think that'll happen. It's eight minutes of action, but I was really impressed um, with what he was doing out there. I thought he, I thought he played quite well in those minutes that he was out there. Um, let's go on to the next game. It is the Wizards and the Cavs. This one went to overtime, as a couple of the games did. The Cavs went at 117-107, the final score. Beal, 42 minutes, 27-4-5. He's been pretty up and down, and he shot 69% in this one. Giggity! But it's just good to see the usage push back up. While Porzingis played 38 minutes. There's some giant minutes happening across the NBA. 18-11 and 11 with four threes and a block. Monte Morris, only 27 minutes in an overtime game. He did not close. It was Dillon Wright. 13-3-6 is still good, and he's probably worth holding, but he didn't close. Dillon only had seven, but he had five assists and two steals. So if you do have Dillon, you want assists and steals, and he brought it. And the fact that he closed and played all of overtime, now he had fewer minutes up until the end of regulation, Dillon, but he played in overtime. And that's worth noting. Barton Will Barton played overtime as well. 35 minutes, yeah, nine points, two steals. Do not worry about him in a 12-teamer. While Kuzma was relegated, really. He played 37 minutes, but 11 points on eight shots, 12% usage. He'd been a really high usage guy the first two games. Wouldn't panic too much, but we did worry a little bit about where his usage would fit. Denny Avdir is starting, but he got into really early foul trouble against Don Mitchell. Two points, two steals, 14 minutes. He should not be on 12-team rosters, Avdir. He can be streamed in, that's about it. But he's more of a 16-team league guy versus even a 14-teamer. Hachimura, only 20 minutes. Yep, absolutely not a 12-teamer. 16 points for him in those 20 minutes that he played. Um, okay, we're just trying to look to see what else we've got going on here. All right, one, two, game four. Yeah. Oh, no, we haven't. What am I talking about? Because I haven't done the Cavs yet. Da, da, da. No Garland. So Don Mitchell played 45 minutes. He's gone. He's good. Garland's going to be out probably the rest of this week. He might be back on the weekend, but it looks like the rest of this week. Mitchell, 37-5-4, three steals, a block, and five threes. He's really carrying at the moment. Well, it was great to see Jarrett Allen, 38 minutes, 15-14. and 14. A little bit low on the field goal percentage, but good numbers. Um, Evan Mobley, we love that he hit his free throws, but as I stressed when I kept seeing him go at pick 20 or 32, I'm not sure, this might be too early. Where is the upside in a player that already played 35 minutes and now a high usage player gets added? Where is the upside? And the answer is it's it's not. I love him, but the upside from a fantasy perspective might not be here. 10 and 7, two steals and a block. It, it's totally reasonable, but it's not better than last season. It's why we look at it and go, well, he was great and he was, but there are a lot of factors involved in projecting for fantasy. Where does he improve? Where does it get better? And it hasn't yet. Um, Levert was stinky. 10 points in 29% shooting. Two threes and two steals and four assists are nice. I think he's great for now. But when Garland returns, I'm going to find it hard to think him. The, he's a 12-10 league guy. I think Isaac Okoro just stinks. Well, people are rushing to add Kevin Love, by the way. Um, I, I don't... I don't really know why. Five and seven in 14 minutes. He's just got a really capped upside. He'll have the occasional really good game, but I do not think that Kevin Love is a must-roster 12-team league player. I think Osman might be at the moment. 16 points, three threes. He's shooting the lights out, and that will cool off. But with Garland out, there's at least some value there, I think, in um, in old mate, the, the discman, C.D. Osman. We'll get into talking about the Jazz game coming up next. Before I do that, though, I'm going to tell you guys about betonline.net, the number one source for football and basketball betting 
for the season that has just started for the NBA and, of course, the NFL season rolling along. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The NFL, we've got Monday Night Football, Bears, Patriots. That sounds like a cracker. The Patriots are nine-point favorites in that one, and the total is set at 40 points. So if you want to see that and the action for Week 8 in the NFL, a lot of those lines are up already. BetOnline is going to have you covered. It's the easiest way to check in on your favorite games and events, including the playoffs in Major League Baseball. Congrats if you're a Philly fan. There you go, my Padres. Brave, but uh, not good enough in the end. NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to game four. It's the Jazz. Sorry, you're undefeated Utah Jazz against Denver, Minnesota, and New Orleans. What the, what on earth? 122-121. Let's talk about Larry Market, and you know that I was big on him. I grabbed him in a lot of drafts. His ADP was like 100, 110. I was taking enough. Screw that, 70s, 60s. I didn't say this. 31 and 12, two threes, two steals, and a block. And before you go, they'll just trade him now for a first rounder. I believe they will not. Tony Jones from the Athletics said they will not. He is a part of what they are building. And maybe he, almost definitely, maybe he is the key piece from the Donovan Mitchell trade. Kelly Linick, 37 minutes, 20 points, five assists, two threes. Amazing that Dwayne Casey couldn't find a way to put this bloke on the court to open things up for Cade. Just a shocking, shocking coach. Olenek is absolutely a must-roster player. Do not care what happens. Does he get shut down? You know who doesn't care? Me. Is he going to get traded? Oh, well. You know who doesn't care? Me. I don't care in the slightest. Make sure he is rostered. You cannot leave this on the white. They are not going to come out tomorrow and trade him. In fact, how many trades are going to get happen in October or November? Hardly any. Probably not even December. Add him. And he is not in Walker Kessler's way. They don't play the same position for the Jazz. Please add him. He is in Rudy Gay's way. Please add him. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Yeah, probably a few too many wild shots from Clarko, but 37 minutes, 18 and 6. He's a must-roster player. Conley, we'll see whether he plays tomorrow, but 36 minutes, 7 points, 8 assists. A bit rough on the efficiency, while Kessler had 7 and 9 in 22 with 2 blocks. That's really good from Kessler. He should be on a 12-team roster, but the guy in front of him, Jared Vanderbilt, was just as good. 15 points, two threes, four steals and a block. Now, he is an unbelievable steals guy. He's usually a really good rebound guy, but in this game, he decided, now screw that, I'm going to bang in threes for some reason. He hit two of them. Don't rely on that, but Vanderbilt is a 12-team league guy pretty clearly. And I'm not sure Colin Sexton is. Actually, before we get to Sexton, let's talk Malik Beasley. Get that garbage out! Now, maybe you hold on to Beasley for tomorrow because it is the back-to-back, but four points in 21 minutes. He's a scorer. He gets points. He gets threes. He's going to be up and down, and he's not a key part of their starting group. Um, nor is Sexton. Eight, five, and one in 19 minutes, 20% shooting. Now, you know that I've been a very big critic of Colin Sexton over his career. He's a guy that he plays on bad teams and can put up numbers. We've seen that. I don't think he's a point guard. I don't think he's a good NBA player long-term, but I thought this team would be so bad that he would be forced into getting big minutes, but no, they didn't even view him that way. Now, I know he is coming off a meniscus injury, but I don't think that's what's happening here. What I would do, though, is hold Sexton. If Conley sits tomorrow, I expect Sexton to start at point guard. And if you are in a situation where you can wait, maybe Conley does get traded at some point or gets hurt, and then Sexton gets the starting gig. But Markkinen, Vanderbilt, Clarkson, these are the guys, even Linux to a degree, these are the guys they are relying upon as their core, not Sexton. 
He is real close to the chopping block. And if it wasn't for that back-to-back tomorrow where he might get a boost, he needs a lot of the ball and a lot of minutes to provide usefulness. And he's nowhere near getting it. So in a 10-team, I had no problem. I'd get rid of him. Let's talk about the Pelicans. Let's start with Zion. Only 30 minutes in an overtime game is a bit worrying. You want to know what happened? This is what happened. Because uh, the numbers are great. 25 and 6 are stealing two blocks, 63% shooting, and 83 from the line. Like your profit, you love it. But he went up for a layup, got undercut, smashed onto his back, never returned. Um, missed the, and then they, I thought, oh, okay, well, he went off because he got hit in the back. Obviously, Obi is trying to leave. Where are you going, Obi? Um, I thought, okay, they sat him down, and then they went on this 14-0 run. I thought they're not bringing him back in because of that, but no, it was because of his injury. Now that they've diagnosed it as a posterior hip contusion, he's got a bruised ass from falling. Um, it looked really painful. Like I was talking to my partner as I was working, and then I said, oh, no, Zion just smashed himself, and we had to stop because it looked bad, right? So we'll see if that means anything, but he had to leave the game. Brandon Ingram left with a head injury, and Brandon Ingram looked rough on the court. They were saying, oh, no, he got poked in the eye. Someone said, oh, and he had stuff in his nose. He was woozy, and he had to go for evaluation of concussion. They might both miss time. So you've got to have Trey Murphy. 40 minutes, 16-9 with 3-3. He's got to be rostered for now because there's two opportunities for him to get big minutes. I would say that Herb Jones would be a real easy Jack candidate, real easy. But with those injuries, maybe you hold. But what, what does he actually, what does he bring? Nine points in 35 minutes? Four rebounds and an assist. He blocked a shot. I don't think he's even had a steal this year. And now he can't shoot anymore. 60% from the line, 33 from the field. And he actually, yeah, and, and he had three turnovers. So he's got no value. But because Ingram and Zion are out, we hold Herb. But his upside is so low. Like I was picking him, I would have picked him in the 100, 110 zone of draft. Some people were picking him. He went at 62 in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl draft, which is crazy to me. It's crazy. There's no upside on what he can do. That's It'll be tested to see what happens here with these absences. And deeper leagues, you might want to look at like a Najee Marshall or even Dyson Daniels who might get some minutes. But there is an opportunity for her, but he's just an offensive zero, basically. Um, Larry Nance outplayed Valanchunas 10 and 7 with six assists. I thought he was really good. And Valanchunas just 24 minutes, six points on 18%. Ooh, nine rebounds and four of those came on one possession. You know that I was worried about Valanchunas heading into the season. Last game, it made me look stupid because he put up a monster game. This game, it makes me look like a genius. The reality is somewhere in the middle where I just think that his production and his minutes are going to be down from where it was last season. And there'll be times when they go with their their, their deeper shit, like Nance and Murphy and even Jackson Hayes. These guys can come on and play these different roles. So that massive upside for Valanchunas just isn't there compared to where it was last season. And we saw that play out today. McCullum had 28 with 12 assists. He was really, really strong. And I guess he gets that boost again because Zion, uh, not Zion, Ingram went down early and then Zion missed the end. So he was carrying a lot of this team. But yeah, that is still a really, really impressive performance from um, Christian James McCullum. Let's go to the next game. The Wolves get out of this one against the Thunder, 116-106. Maybe that's not fair. They were up by 20 at one point. Um, good win there. Goose with uh, probably his first really big performance of the season, Anthony Edwards. 30 and 11, three threes, 68 from the field, only 33 from the line. His defensive stats have been a little bit down. It was good to see Carl Anthony Towns have some efficiency, but again, Carl Anthony Towns, I'll call it here. I called it in the preseason. He's not a first round player. 15, 8 and 5, 56% shooting, 100 from the line, didn't get a block. He's just not. Now he was outside the top 100 before today. 
He had 31 fantasy points here. This is why I faded him in round one. This is why I said he's a 13, 14 player, but don't be surprised if he falls even further. All of the things that we were concerned about have really come to pass here. Gobert only played 25 minutes in this one, weirdly. 15 and 15. That's not bad. It's not great. While um, Russell had 6-3 and 6 in 26 minutes. They were able to limit a lot of these guys' minutes as they did get up big. Jalen Noel, my man. Now, he did take a lot of shots, 16 of them. But 14 points, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. He's a really good deep league player who's going to get lots of shooting opportunities. Jaden McDaniels, the 4 steals and a block are nice. But what we're seeing is opening night was a little bit of a mirage. He's fine as a back-end 12-team league guy. But 11-1 and 0 is not great in those points, rebounds, assists. Great to see the defensive stats there, but he has come back to earth quite a bit. The artist formerly known as Tornian Prince had 11 points with three threes, some extra minutes in this game with Kyle Anderson out. I wouldn't be wouldn't be too uh, focused on that. For the Thunder, it wasn't great. Shea Gildas-Alexander was out before the game. Maybe it's because it was a back-to-back, but he's dealing with a hip issue, and then Josh Giddy sprained his ankle after 22 minutes. Trey Mann and Lou Dort are going to be the beneficiaries here, big time. Dort had 20 points in 30 minutes with three rebounds, two steals, and two threes. While Mann, look, he struggled, but there's no one really else who can do it with the Bronco. Jalen Williams also on the sideline. 10 points for Mann in 28 minutes with three rebounds and three assists. The whole rotation, it just looks pretty disgusting, to be honest. Um, Muscala had 11 and 9 in just 11 minutes. Deeper leagues, you'll want to pay attention there. We've got 12 minutes of Eugene Omarui, but basically that's towards the end of the game. He's been really impressive, though. 13 points for him. Um, Wiggins had five points in 26 minutes. Poku. Uh, Poku. Um, yeah. Get that garbage out of here! Two points in 13 minutes on 17%. He was a guy you took in round 12 or 13. You took a flyer. We thought he was going to start. He did. It lasted one game, and he's dreadful again. You're not missing out on much. Like, just move on. Yes, Giddy and Shea are out, but... Does that really mean that Poku's going to get these minutes or touches? I don't really think so. It might happen, but there's too much unpredictability with this team that I'd say see you later. Darius Baisley, last game, amazing. This game, uh, four minutes, zero points. Do not add Darius Baisley. Poku's not a 12-teamer. Jeremiah robinson had a good game, 15-2-3 with three threes, but I have zero trust in this at all. I wouldn't add him either. The only 12-team league guys are Gideon Shea, Jalen Williams maybe later on, Dort now for, for sure, and Trey Mann is a fringe streamer. It's going to be a mess of a rotation, especially when your two best players, who are your two best players by country mile, and honestly, your third best player in Jalen Williams, are all out. And you know, obviously, Chet is your third best player as well, really. Yeah, it's going to be a mess, and it was, and we're not going to be able to really take advantage of this on a game-by-game basis. It's going to be really, really frustrating. I assure you, all season long, don't hold on to Poku waiting. Don't add Baisley waiting. Don't chase what Jeremiah Robinson Earl did. Don't look. Yeah, Trey Mann again and Dort. Yes, we can go and have a look at those guys, but just be aware that this is going to be some nonsense happening with this team. Let's go to the next game. The Kings remain winless to start this season. They did have a furious comeback here, but it was too little too late. The Warriors win at 130-125. Let's, uh, let's start with Darren Fox. He's been awesome to start this season. This is unbelievable. This is what he did to end last season, and it's great that it's carried over. 26-5-10, and 10, he looks fantastic. Um, not sure we can say that for a lot of these other guys. Let's start with Sabonis, who played just 22 minutes. Now, 19-14-4 and is great. 19-14-4, that's how you say it. That's really good. He was a minus 25 in 22 minutes. And he was benched. He didn't play down the stretch. Other guys got them back into the game and they went with those guys. It's been a rough start for the two-time All-Star. 
that the Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton for. I wonder if in their discussions of him post-game, they'll say, yeah, we decided to bench our two-time All-Star so we could play Chemezi Metu. I wonder if that two-time All-Star will um, get trotted out much at all. Not to say he's bad because he's solid, but as I maintained at the time of that trade, it's really hard to build a good team around Sabonis because of his defensive failings and the fact that he just needs the ball in his hands to get stuff going offensively. It hasn't been good. They're good stats, don't get me wrong, but it hasn't been good overall. And let's do this one. I, I know that you've surely done it already, but the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Get that garbage out of here! Like, why did you draft him? Four points in 21 minutes. Three absolute stinkers. And even though I know he will be better than this, he was a minus 18, much like Sabonis, and they benched him to play other players. There's no upside in him. Just get rid of him. There's absolute, He's rostered in 92% of leagues. Get rid of him. There's, there is no reason for it. Please drop Harrison. And I, I don't get that straight or, you know, to the point or distinct on guys that often. There's no reason to have him in a 12-team league. None. Um, you know what, Sacramento? Mike Brown seems like a good guy. But I'm happy that you've lost every game. And I'll tell you why. It's when you do dumb shit that people can see from a million miles away, like starting KZ Okpala, when this is... I told you exactly what was going to happen with Okpala. It would last about a week, and as soon as he gets taken out of the starting lineup, he won't play again. Because he is not good enough to play in an NBA rotation, let alone start. And this happens all the time. These coaches try to get too smart. We'll play this guy, and he'll get these 16 minutes, and then he gets taken out, and we never see him again. Okpala played the first three minutes, 34, never returned. Keegan Murray started the second half, and Keegan Murray will start the next game. I'm almost certain of it. This mucking around and starting, I know Murray missed one game, but that's not the point of this. That's not why Murray came off the bench. Murray came off the bench in all of preseason for the same reason. that The coach was trying to do something that he thought was smart that was dumb from a million miles away. And the way that you could see how this would play out and the fact that it is going to play out, maybe it's not. Maybe Murray doesn't start next game. But it's just stupid. You've cost yourself wins. Almost definitely. What's the point of it? Murray played 38 minutes. He had 16 and 4 with four threes. Only one steal, zero blocks. I think I saw another box score say you have two steals. In fact, maybe the box score you guys are looking at, because I'm looking at a different data provider at the back end here. Oh no, he had one steal and one block according to that ESPN box score. Um, He wasn't at his best. We don't really know what his best is yet. First game was great. This one's a little bit more in line with maybe some expectations that he won't be able to be hyper-efficient every game. We won't get gigantic rebounding or assist numbers. He's going to be solid. He's going to be good. He's going to be a must-roster player. But we need to keep our expectations under under wraps. Davion Mitchell, don't have him in a 12 or 14 team league. I don't know why he would have. Again, I hated that draft pick that they made. 7-1-3. and three. He got into foul trouble limiting his minutes, but there's just not playing time there. Fanta Pants played 30 minutes, 31, 9, 5, and 4. Bit of a stinker. He's going to be up and down. His upside is relatively limited, but he's okay to hold. While Malik Monk went from really not playing at all, but he was part of the catalyst group that brought them back. 29 minutes, 16, 7, and 8, 3 steals and 4 threes. Some really good numbers from Monk. I don't think that we want to go and add him after this, because I don't think Sabonis plays 22 or Barnes plays 21 every night, but maybe Monk plays more than the 10 that he played last game. Also, quick look at Rashawn Holmes. 15 and 5 in 16 minutes is great. It was 30 usage. He's not going to be a 30 usage player. Don't bite on that and go and add him. 
For the Warriors, Curry's been amazing. I thought we'd see a bit of a drop-off from him. We haven't. He's been awesome. 33.7 triples, two assists, and a steal. While Wiggins has also been great. 24-5, and five, three steals, two blocks. The free throws remain a problem for Wigo, but everything else, really good. Jordy Poole, I don't think Jordan Poole's going to play 30 minutes um, most nights. 27 here with 24 points with four assists. He's still really solid, but him breaking out into his big blow-up play is not really likely because, as we mentioned a million times in the offseason, last season he was basically unencumbered. It was either no clay or no Steph, and this year they're both there. As for um, Blunty, James Wiseman, where's his thing? Really good counting stats, 14 and 6, but he was a minus 10. Part of the reason the Kings got back as the bench group really struggled. The reason that if you do have Wiseman that you would hold him is because of the Warriors' schedule, the four quality games coming up, and you can actually use him four times this week. I still don't think he's particularly a good on-court player, but those numbers are solid. He won't be like that every game, though. Draymond had 7-4-4, four, and four, nothing great there. Looney, 6-8-6. and six. Yeah, he's... Looney will be a good stream for the week as well. And then Clay had a, a real struggle. Eight points on 10 shots with two triples. I wouldn't say Clay's a drop, but... He's definitely moving closer towards the end of my roster. Kaminga was taken out of the main part of the rotation because he had he's really been bad every game. And he was replaced by Moses Moody. Not that Moody played particularly well, but 18 minutes for Moody, 7 for Kaminga. I think Moody needs to continue to get more, but I was encouraged by the fact that Moody got 18 minutes and DiVincenzo played 11. Green played 13 and Kaminga played 7. I think Moody, he's not going to be a fantasy option most likely, but I think he's a really good player. And I think some of the Kerr bench lineups, they were, they were pretty bad in this one as well. They still need quite a bit of tweaking to get to where they need to be. All right, let's do the final game. The Suns win comfortably in the end, 112-95 over the Clippers. Devin Booker was great once more, 35 points with five threes in 35 minutes. He also had four assists and shot 62%, which is great. Chris Paul, um... Yeah, punt points, I guess. Seven points, 27%. He had eight rebounds. He had a triple one. He had 11 assists, but he just refuses to take any catch-and-shoot jumper. Like, just won't do it. Like, especially a three. If he's in a catch-and-shoot situation, he refuses. I don't really know why. Um, And it's annoying. Cam Johnson played only 23 minutes. That's three games in a row he's been limited. First two with injury and this one with foul trouble. But 11 points, five rebounds, three threes, and he's really key to what they do. Like, he's spacing out there. Like, if we are going to get a clear run at things, which I hope happens next game, the minutes will push up. He's a hold. Aiden had 13 and 8, which, again, is just always subpar from him. And uh, Tory Craig, some really good minutes. 25 minutes, 8 and 9, 2 threes. Don't care about that too much. Jock Landau is important for deeper leagues. He had 9 and 9 as the backup in 17 minutes. That's that's useful to know that he is that backup guy. While Mikael Bridges, 7, 4 and 4 in 36 minutes. He's really impactful on the court. He, he doesn't bring it in big numbers. And that's why, again, the value of turnovers skews the value of players. Like, you don't think that Mikael Bridges was the 24th ranked player last season because he wasn't. In points leagues, I don't think he's necessarily a must-hold player. In category leagues, you do it. He will be better than this. And it's why we always, again, have to couch that stuff. The coaches, now we're going to you know, break out. We're going to put in his hands. and like, You're just not. He did have four assists, though. And he's really, really good. But the overall fantasy upside, it just doesn't really exist outside of being just solid contributor across the board. He will be better than this, though, Bridges. I'd, I'd know that. But the Clippers, uh, they continue to bring Paul, not Paul George, Kawhi Leonard off the bench. He would have played about 23, 24 minutes had this not been a blowout towards the end. Ended with 21, 11 and 6, two assists and a steal. And it's frustrating. We know that. He tore his ACL 15, 16 months ago, I think it was. 
And you expect somewhat of limited minutes, maybe 29, 30, and then push to 32, 33 pretty quickly. But they're taking it to an extreme. I know he has the ongoing quad problem, but this is something I've never really seen before. He's starting the second half. The minutes are pushing up, and I don't think it'll be too long before he's playing 30. And the numbers he's providing now are still really useful, but it is frustrating. Paul George, 16, 7, and 4 with three steals, and Marcus Morris got red hot. And importantly, 31 minutes on a back-to-back. 22 points, two triples, 71%. He occasionally has these games where he can't miss, and the numbers look great, but it's not something we rely upon. He's a streamer, and that is it. Stormman Norman Powell, um, yeah, I don't think you can hold, to be honest. There'll be nights when he's solid, but he's not. Eight points, 21 minutes, and we've talked a lot about him. His value requires usage, minutes, and efficiency, and he's provided none of those in three games. And the efficiency can go up. I'm not sure about the usage and the minutes. I'm not sure it's going to go up. In fact, I'm pretty sure it won't. So I don't think that Stormman Norman is a must-hold player. Zubat's only 21 minutes, 2 and 8. Opening night was great. It's been pretty rough since then. I think he is still a holder. Well, Johnny Wall only played the 21. He had 17 with four assists. He started the second half. I think his minutes will push up, but there's just too many players on this team. Like Wall is fine to have on a 12-team league, but his upside is going to be really limited by how many guys there are. Reggie Jackson, nowhere near a 12-team league guy. He's a streamer only. And Bob Covington had three points in 14 minutes. There's not enough playing time for all of these guys. I'll continue to say it. Powell, Covington, Batum, Jackson, Wall, Kennard, man. It's not enough playing time. And they're not going to be able to be 12-team league guys. It's George, it's Kawhi, it's Zubats, and it's maybe Wall. That's really about it. No point holding Jackson. No point holding um, uh, Powell, I don't think. Like, it's just, there's too many guys. And it's going to need injuries to clear the way for some guys, but it just isn't happening with the way this roster currently is. So let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night goes to Anthony Davis. He obviously had that huge performance with all those blocks. Your waiver wire is Malik Monk, who's basically rostered nowhere. Makes sense after he played like 10 minutes on uh, Saturday. Young gun is Jeremiah Robinson. Now, wasn't um, weren't many guys to really choose from on that list of, of second-year players, first or second-year players, which is, was, which is what the um, uh, young gun of the night is with a you know, few guys struggling there as those younger players. Um, Dart of the night is... Robinson Earl's teammate, Alexei Pokyshevsky, who I do think is a droppable player. Top 10 players in category leagues for today. Number one is Anthony Davis, then Larry Markinen, LeBron James, Don Mitchell, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, CJ McCullum, De'Aaron Fox, and Anthony Edwards. Your top 10 rostered in under 50% of leagues. Monk is at number one. He's more of a deeper stream. Uh, Big Dick Nick Richards. Yeah, try it. We'll see what happens. Try it. But I, th- I hope he starts, but Clifford I'm a bit worried with. Marcus Morris, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Chetty Osman, streamable, Mike Muscala, really putting up good numbers, Dean Wade, Usman Jeng, uh, Jalen McDaniels, and Jose Alvarado. And your top 10 players in points leagues for Sunday were Davis, LeBron, Markinen, Don Mitchell, McCullum, Fox, Lillard, Wiggins, Trey Young, and Anthony Edwards. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up, you subscribe, you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.